the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we begin at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Wednesday, the 17th morning of the 10th month of the year of our Lord, 2018. My, oh, my, we got a busy show today. Coming up in about uh, 30 minutes, we're going to talk to Pastor Chris Long. <clears throat> Excuse me. Pastor Chris Long, the uh, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance, and uh, he has got a very, very big event coming up tomorrow. There is going to be a candidate forum and a rally against issue one tomorrow evening in Cuyahoga Falls. Uh, I've been invited to be a part of that. I've been, I'm unable to attend, unfortunately. I do have a high school football game for my son. Uh, but, uh, I wanted, uh, Pastor Long to come on and promote the living daylights out of this because it's very important. Some very, uh, important people, candidates are going to be there including Frank LaRose, Jim Renacci, uh, Dave Yost, Brian Williams, uh, and others. It's going to be a very, very important event as well as the attempt to rally people against one of the most dangerous constitutional amendments uh, that I think this state has faced. And that would be issue one, which, of course, as we know by now, would lead to, if you've been paying attention anyway, would, uh, anyway, would lead to more overdoses, or more overdoses, rather, more deaths, more violent crime in the state of Ohio because it would essentially decriminalize drug trafficking, at least to the point where you don't go to prison for doing it. Unless you're over a very, very high threshold, you would only receive probation. It's going to lead to really, really devastating consequences in the state of Ohio. So Chris Long will join us to talk about that. Then coming up at uh, about 10.05, we will talk to Ryan Morrow. First time in a couple of weeks, we'll have Ryan Morrow, the uh, intelligence director for the Clarion Project, uh, uh, online at clarionproject.org, to talk about a couple of issues involving the Middle East. That's Ryan's wheelhouse. Number one, of course, the return of Pastor Andrew Brunson from Turkey. After being in a Turkish prison for two years, two years, his crime literally 
on the arrest warrants, etc. Christianity. Christ, preaching Christianity. Trying to spread Christianity. Proselytizing Christianity. How dare you do that in the nation of Turkey? You know, people wonder sometimes why we uh, view ourselves the way we do as being, you know, a nation of exceptionalism. Uh, why we why we view ourselves as the greatest uh, you know greatest nation in the history of civilization, and the reason is is we don't throw people in prison for being a different religion. And yes, that's correct. It includes Islam. Now, will we attempt to imprison and lock up people who commit violent crimes in the name of their religion, including Islam? You better believe it. But nobody is imprisoned for simply preaching their word. And that's exactly what had happened to Pastor Brunson, who was held for two years in conditions that I wouldn't want to imagine, quite frankly. So we're going to talk to him about what that means, and is this a turning point for relations between the United States and uh, President Erdogan in Turkey, and what does it mean in the greater Middle East uh, overall? And then uh, we will also talk to uh, uh, to uh, Ryan Morrow from the Clarion Project about, uh, well, a number of issues. It's not just two. There are a number, number of issues that I'll save for 1010. So we'll get into that with Ryan Morrow 1010. So before, between, and after our guests, Chris Long and Ryan Morrow, you can dial 216-901-0945 to be a part of our show, and 888-281-1110 will get you here as well. Victory. Victory. Nothing less than that. It is total and complete victory with the city of Atlanta, Georgia, Agreeing to settle their 1.2 or the 1.2 million dollar lawsuit um, with uh, the former fire chief in that city over his Christian faith, this is such a big deal. A 1.2 million dollar settlement has been reached between the city of Atlanta and the uh, former fire chief in Atlanta, who simply was practicing his religion and who was fired, fired for doing so. Uh, Here's the story from Fox 5 in Atlanta. The city of Atlanta settled a lawsuit with the former fire chief for his firing over a book containing passages which some saw as anti-gay. Here we go. Identity politics on the left. It's what it's always about. The Atlanta City Council approved a settlement agreeing to pay the fired Atlanta chief, Kelvin Cochran, $1.2 million. In 2013, Cochran wrote a book about his Christian faith entitled, Who Told You That You Were Naked? for a men's Bible study that he was involved in. And he gave it to around a dozen subordinates that he, that he said either requested copies or shared his beliefs and he thought might enjoy. In the book, the chief characterized homosexuality as a perversion, which is in keeping with, and the word perversion can be you know, taken or left, uh, or you, know, you, you can take it or leave it, you can uh, substitute words for that, uh, you know, a sin, abomination, whatever, but it is you know, in the Bible, which is legal and is a, is permitted in the United States to believe in and study the Bible. Yes, believe it or not, that's what happens when you have religious liberty in a great nation. Uh, according to city lawyer David Gewertz, the book lumped together gay people with those who have sex outside of marriage and non-Christians with murderers, rapists, pedophiles, and those who engage in bestiality. The city suspended Cochran and then fired him in January 2015 with Mayor Kasim Reed saying he fired Cochran because the chief violated policy by promoting the book on the job. Cochran 
who was defended by the Alliance Defending Freedom, such an important organization, the ADF. I cannot say enough about them. ADF, of course, is the organization that has continued to defend uh, people in religious liberty cases all over this country, from Jack Phillips, the owner of the Masterpiece Cake Shop out in Colorado, who recently got that massive victory in the Supreme Court, to Baron L. Stutzman, who was uh, 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 discriminated against and, uh, and attacked for also defending her religion and refusing to provide floral services to gay weddings and other situations like this. ADF is always on the scene to defend people's right to religious liberty. They make no comment, quite frankly, on the actual issue at hand. It's just simply a matter of, hey, people have a right to believe in their faith without being punished or forced to violate their faith in order to satisfy somebody else's desires, whether it be with a product or a service that they want to provide or whatever the case might be. And in this case, the ADF defended the chief's right to write this book and and express his religious views based on the tenets of his faith and to share those with other others who were interested in it. So Cochran filed, this is the chief, Cochran, filed a federal lawsuit against the city of Atlanta and the mayor, arguing his free speech and due process rights have been violated. He also argued that Kasim Reed damaged his reputation with his lawyer, arguing he made it impossible for Cochran to get another job in the firefighting industry. Given my history and work throughout my career and with the city of Atlanta, I was shocked that writing a book and encouraging Christian men to be husbands and fathers and men that God has called us to be would jeopardize my 34-year career, he said. Cochran had previously asked a judge to reinstate him and also give him back pay. A spokesperson for the city of Atlanta said, based upon findings of the court that could have resulted in taxpayers paying millions of dollars in damages and litigation fees, negotiated settlement was recommended by legal counsel. In other words, Atlanta knew they were wrong. The city of Atlanta, the liberal mayor, They knew they were wrong. They knew they would lose in court. They knew full well that what the mayor did in firing Chief uh, Cochran was completely inappropriate. And that once the uh, jury sat down and heard this case, they would have given him millions with a plural. So they settled for $1.2 million. It is still victory because essentially they had to admit defeat. When the city had to admit defeat, Kelvin Cochran and moreover, and more importantly, Christians from one end of this country to the other can raise their hands in victory. Because that's what this is all about. And oh, by the way, I should be very clear about this. While this is a Christian victory, it is also a victory for Judaism. It's a victory for Islam. It's a victory for, for Buddhism, if, if there are Buddhists in this country. I mean, truly, it's a victory for religious freedom. Not just Christian freedom, religi- religious freedom that you don't have to violate the tenets of your faith in order to please somebody else, especially if somebody else is just trying to cause problems for you. And that is happening in far too many cases. Our administration remains committed to achieving one Atlanta, the spokesperson said, a city that is fair, just, and inclusive. Because you know, and I'm pausing here to interrupt the quote, because Chief Cochran's book threatened the inclusivity of the city of Atlanta, you see, because he preached to other Christian men that, hey, let's be the men that God called us to be. Let's be the husbands and the fathers that we're supposed to be. That threatens the inclusivity uh, of the city of Atlanta, according to the ridiculous city that fired him.
The city is developing the first LGBTQ employee resource group to support our city employees. <laughs> again, once again, the chief's book would have threatened that. How exactly? Yeah. The hiring of the city's first ever full-time LGBTQ affairs coordinator. <laughs> I'm sorry, but really? What are we saying? Why do we need all of this bureaucratic red tape? What you do and with whom you go home to spend your evenings and nights with is not city business. It's not state business. It's not federal business. It's your business. Stop trying to jam your business into other people's faces. Be you. You do you. I'll do me. We'll all go out about our merry way and everything will be fine. The establishment of the mayor's LGBT, oh my goodness, an advisory board, as well as an affairs court. I wonder how much that's costing the city of Atlanta. Uh, And the funding of the city's first office of equity, diversity, and inclusion. How many layers are there of this? Holy goodness. Developing the first LGBTQ employee resource group. The first ever LGBTQ XYZ affairs coordinator position, the establishment of the LGBTQ XYZ advisory board, and the funding of the city's first office of equity, diversity, and inclusion. All examples of our commitment to ensuring Atlanta remains a welcoming city for all. What does any of that have to do with your unjust firing of the chief? That's what I want to know. What does any of that have to do with the illegal, inappropriate, unjust firing of the chief? Because the chief wasn't threatening any of those things. The chief chief wasn't involved in any of those things. The chief was a Christian who was speaking to other Christians, who wrote a book about his Christian faith and gave it to other Christian people in case they were interested, and those, of course, who asked for it. They fired him for that. This has nothing to do with any of the alphabet soup uh, that these people are are pushing. So just call it total victory. I enjoy this a great deal, watching a city admit they were wrong. More importantly, watching a city have to pay up because they were wrong. They were unjust. They were violating the religious um, uh, freedom of Chief Kelvin Cochran, who, by the way, I, I dare I say, Chief Cochran, being a black man, being a black man, abandoned by the ACLU in this cause. Abandoned by the liberal left in this cause. Had this gone the other direction, can you imagine? Can you imagine? The problem comes into play for liberals. This is what makes them, well, liberals. This is what makes them stupid. This is what makes them mentally deranged. This is why liberalism truly is a mental disorder. Because they, the biggest problem lies for them whenever two of their protected classes come into conflict with one another. And in this case, it was a black man they would probably have liked to represent because they represent identity politics, people of color. At the same time, they also represent the LGBTQXYZ alphabet soup community. And they came into conflict with one another. Which side do we back here? So the ACL, you had to kind of sit this one out. But you can only imagine if it was a conservative group Illegally treating and inappropriately treating and discriminating against a black fire chief. You can only imagine how that would have gone. But because it was a liberal group, 
backed by the alphabet soup. Well, that's a different story altogether. Chief, sorry, you're on your own. We can't help you out. Terrible, terrible. But a great victory and a great justice. Much more to come on the Bob France Authority, AM 1420, The Answer. Nine twenty-seven on the Bob France Authority. Chris Long, Pastor Chris Long from the Ohio Christian Alliance, again coming up at about nine thirty-five. Looking forward to a conversation about a big rally tomorrow, a candidates' rally and a rally against issue one tomorrow in Cuyahoga Falls. Uh, but for now, we'll go to the phones. As I mentioned, uh, get in, get in before, between, and after the guests today if you want to be heard. Uh, let's hit uh, West Park and Jim. You're on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Hi, Jim. Go ahead. Morning. Um- I was looking at the ballot, and uh, there's a couple, there's these three things that I don't understand on it. It's Charter Amendment 10, 11, and 12. Just sounds to me like this big bloated government, but I don't know if you could explain it to me. And I would like to uh, have a shout out to uh, somebody that pretends to be my friend. It's his birthday today. Thank you for taking my call. Okay, thanks for the call, Jimmy. I, I, I don't have issues of 10, 11, or 12 uh, memorized, to, so I can't uh, really speak to that right now. But to your person who pretends to be your friend, it's their birthday today. <laughs> okay, happy birthday. Uh, be nicer to Jim and actually be his friend. Don't just pretend. Uh, Esther in Cleveland is next. Hi, Esther, go ahead. Thanks. I, I saw the debate on Sunday with uh, Mr. Renese. Yes. I don't. I do not consider it a big victory for him. He was using a cliche when he had. Uh, I listed about eight different opportunities to clarify or challenge the opponent. Most important was that the scandal about the tax, uh, Mr. Renacci's income and tax. I saw on Monday night two horrible ads at about eight o'clock. Both of them within about three minutes of each other. One big letter saying "busted." Another thing, cheater, referring to Mr. Renacci. Right. Uh, uh, and those are, I'm really concerned. Uh, those ads, yeah, those, I see those ads constantly. It's one of my biggest uh, concerns, to be quite honest, in that race, is, yes, Sherrod Brown is pouring millions into advertising campaigns uh, that, uh, that Congressman Renacci is not, uh, you know, following up and, and fighting back with. Uh, part of it is, is, you know, Brown has raised, you know, 20, 22 million dollars he's got in his coffers in order to run this campaign because he takes a ton of money from special interest groups and Renacci is relying on grassroots donations and, uh, quite frankly, the, you know, the, the pot is split a little bit because the last Republican candidate for this office, uh, you know, of Senator, uh, Josh Mandel, received a lot of those funds and those funds have not been released uh, by Mandel for Renacci to use for this very same race because he himself might run for another office at some time. So Renacci is hamstrung and he can't respond to all of those ads on TV like Brown does. So your point about, you know, he's going to have to respond in the debates on the debate format, I don't disagree. He's got two more of those as well and hopefully between now and, uh, you know, and uh, November 6th and those other debates, he will indeed vigorously defend himself against those, uh, those attacks made by Sherrod Brown. Esther, thanks for the call. Got to run. It's 9.30. We're going to get news now. And on the other side of the news, Chris Long talks about, well, Jim Renacci, who will be at tomorrow's Candidates Forum. Uh, very important Candidates Forum and a rally against Issue 1 out in Cuyahoga Falls. So Chris Long of the uh, Ohio Christian Alliance will join us right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. <laughs> Thank 
social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed every bit of that. Good morning to you. It's 935. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget, Ryan Morrow returns. We haven't talked to Ryan in a couple of weeks. He's our national security analyst from the uh, Clarion Project. He's going to talk to us about the glorious return from two years of imprisonment in a Turkish prison of Pastor Andrew Brunson. Simply an unbelievable story. He was He was jailed. I mean, it literally said this on his conviction papers for... Christianity. That was, that was the, that was the charge for proselytizing and promoting Christianity in a very hellish, um, Islamic nation. And, uh, we're going to talk to him about that and what that means to our relationship, uh, with Turkey and, of course, uh, what it means across the broader Middle East. Uh, but right now I want to talk to a different pastor who's doing great work as always. He is the president of the Ohio Christian Alliance and he is putting together a fantastic event coming up tomorrow night in Cuyahoga Falls that I told you about about a half an hour ago. Pastor Chris Long with the Ohio Christian Alliance is gathering Republican candidates and a rally against one of the most dangerous constitutional amendment proposals to come down the line in the state of Ohio in a very long time, which is Ohio's Issue 1. And he joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Pastor Long, good morning, sir. How are you? Well, good morning, Bob. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure to talk to you and uh, to talk about the great work being done by the Ohio Christian Alliance. Before we get into uh, tomorrow's big event and and get your thoughts on Issue 1, Chris, uh, tell me about your thoughts about what we saw as President Trump made it a a point, made it one of his missions uh, to to release and, and to get Pastor Brunson released from his horrific captivity in Turkey. I mean, it's just, well, just, I was going to say it speaks specifically to, uh, uh, the president's, um, priorities. Uh, you know, he, he got, uh, he's getting people released from, from, you know, foreign prisons all around the globe. He's getting, re- uh, the remains of, you know, American soldiers from the Korean War repatriated from North Korea. This stuff is very, very personal to him. So that's a larger sense, but I wanted to ask you specifically about Pastor Brunson. Well, the president is showing leadership uh, in the Oval Office, which we've not seen in some time, and that is that uh, you know moral authority of the presidency of the United States uh, to uh, terrorist organizations, and then of course the rogue states around the world, or those who will oppress religion. He has sent a clear message that uh, that will not be acceptable uh, policy from the administration of the Trump administration of the United States and that we value religious liberty. And so the president has kept his promise to the Christian community when he said that this war on Christianity, it's in retreat. Uh, If I'm elected, uh, we're going to uh, expand religious liberty. He has kept that promise. Uh, He has signed executive orders in in the White House. Uh, In fact, two years in a row at the National Day of Prayer Observance, he signed executive orders, one rolling back the Johnson Amendment, which... uh, inhibits uh, churches from exercising their First Amendment right when it comes to political elections. He also signed an executive order expanding uh, the reach of federal government to work with faith organizations, with federal funds going back into communities with an assortment of programs, including opiate addiction recovery programs back to the states, that faith organizations should not be precluded from applying from these for these grants. 
uh, just simply because they have a statement of faith and, and exercise that faith. And so the president has made good on his promise that he was going to be an administration that favored our longstanding tradition as a Judean Christian nation and the religious liberty First Amendment uh, that we practice and celebrate in this country. Uh, Chris Long, uh, Pastor Chris Long, the president of the Ohio Christian Alliance, is our guest. You know, since you're on it, and we just talked about religious liberty, the story I started our show with today was the victory, uh, in my view, for Chief Kelvin Cochran down in Atlanta, who wrote a book about his Christian faith and shared it with others, including some who worked for him, uh, who who were of like mind and like faith, and others who were just interested in it, was fired by the city, fired by... Um, uh, the mayor down there, Kasim Reed, uh, this is all the way back in 2013, saying that it was discriminatory. This book was discriminatory against people in the LGBTQ community. Um, the city finally realized they could not win this in court. It was an unjust firing, and they just paid him $1.2 million in a settlement. How important is that to religious liberty? Well, that's that's huge, because uh, he certainly was being discriminated against because of his faith, uh, a very upstanding uh, uh Servant, public servant. In fact, his story is really emotional when you consider how he moved up through the ranks and what it meant to him and to serve publicly uh, in the fire service and then to be treated like that at the end. This is the kind of thing that we might see in Cuyahoga County with this new uh, so-called Human Rights Commission being launched by uh, county council and this three judges, uh, you know, really it'd be three judges on a panel, basically three people on a panel taking these so-called uh, uh, complaints into their office and then levying fines and penalties against uh, individuals, businesses, and churches in in Cauga County. You know, the battle's on, Bob, and I know you've covered this on your program, but these are the kinds of things, and it's really the thought police. And so if you don't line up with their thinking, uh, they're going to penalize you. And so this is the, the actions on the left, and this is what the president is really addressing from the Oval Office when it comes to religious liberty, because this was the battle of religious liberty. If you don't embrace the LGBTQ lifestyle, uh, not that we don't love these individuals and you know, pray for them. We not, may not agree how they practice uh, in their personal lives and what they do, but uh, we hold a different moral code. Uh, but for that, they want to penalize us. And if they get in places of power, they're going to do that against the church. And that was a very uh, disconcerting and concerning time during the Obama administration we thought if Hillary was elected, I mean, there was pastors who stood up in meetings and said, I'm prepared to go to jail. That's where it's come in this country with some who want to penalize those who don't accept their lifestyle or don't go along with their thinking. And that's a very dangerous trend. Pastor Chris Long is our guest from the Ohio Christian Alliance. you got a very big event planned for tomorrow, uh, Chris. Let's talk about this candidate's forum and this rally against Issue 1. In fact, let me go in the opposite order there and ask your thoughts first on Issue 1, which I've had a lot of people on this program over the course of the last few weeks leading up to this election speaking on the dangers of this issue. It is incredibly uh, you know, frightening to think about uh, you know, essentially some of the hardest and most dangerous drugs available in the world becoming decriminalized in the state of Ohio to the to the extent that you can't be put in prison for dealing and trafficking in them. You can only be given probation because it would be considered a nonviolent crime to deal these things, despite the amount of violence that's going to have happen as people uh, you know, run out of money to buy their drugs and they have to then continue the cycle of, of violent crime in order to get those things. It's just there's a lot of layers to this very dangerous issue, Chris. 
and I know there's people listening and thinking, how did we get here? Well, this is the Achilles heel, the Achilles heel of our initiative petition process, our constitutional amendment process, which I, which I embrace in our Ohio uh, system of government, and that is that you can signature uh, petitions and present them and put uh, measures on the ballot. But this time it's a constitutional amendment. It actually be put in the Ohio Constitution. And what are we talking about? Well, an outside Ohio effort to basically, it's, it's being couched as and, and promoted as a criminal uh, reform bill on light offenders of drug, uh, drug usage, but that's not the case. This will actually open up the floodgates of drug usage in Ohio, and including the proliferation of drug trafficking in Ohio. So they're basically what currently you'll have to face a judge, uh, and if you have certain amounts of heroin, cocaine, uh, fentanyl, car fentanyl, uh, these kinds of dangerous drugs, you'll have to face, if you're caught and then arrested, you'll have to face the judge, and he'll see. Obviously, if you're an addict, he'll give you options before uh, actually going to jail to get a in-service uh, drug treatment program or and uh, parole drug treatment program. The judges at this time have discretion. This will take all that away. Uh, you can be arrested up to th- or stopped within three times during a 60-month period and only receive as much as a traffic ticket. And we're talking about people being able to carry as much fentanyl that can kill, according to officials, that could kill 10,000 individuals, that much of this dangerous drug, and only get a traffic citation when it amounts to a traffic citation. This is a terrible proposal. Where is it coming from outside the state of Ohio? This one kind of caught us uh, by surprise. It was a stealth campaign. They went into certain communities to circulate the petition. Uh, I think that they basically false advertised it in those communities. Because, you know, I do this every day, Bob. We didn't even know that this was on for November until 10 weeks ago. And and so we're educating people all the time among our ranks, like, what's this you want? Even at this late date with less than three weeks to go before the election, we're out there trying to educate people on issue one to vote no. Well, there's a little momentum on our side, but they got all the money on their side. We're talking about George Soros and Mark Zuckerberg are behind this initiative to uh, put forward issue one. So... We've got uh, the chief justice is against it, the attorney general, uh, law enforcement across the state of Ohio, paternal order of police, the sheriffs, um, all those who work coroners across the state of Ohio. They're the ones who actually see the bitter results of drug overdoses as those bodies come into their morgues and in our counties across the state. And they said this may release people from the jail, but it's going to fill the morgues. This thing is terrible. And uh, we're out in front of it. We're voting no on issue one and urging people to do so. Tomorrow night is a rally at the Cauga Falls Sheraton. That's at 1989 Front Street in Cauga Falls. It's free and open to the public. You can get information on our website at ohioca.org or just Google Ohio Christian Alliance. And there you just click on the link and it'll give you the, uh, all the information about tomorrow night. It's a candidate forum uh, with Jim Renacy's going to be there, Frank LaRose, Dave Yost. Uh, Christina Dale Roger, uh, Bev Goldstein, some other candidates will be there, but it's also a rally against issue one, and we're going to have some experts coming in. The uh, uh, prosecutor from Medina County is coming to talk on it. We have a few judges from Summit County that will be talking about what they face every day in the courtroom uh, with common pleas with these folks who are coming in who are desperately uh, addicted to these drugs and the options that are in front of them that have actually we've begun to make some progress. But if issue one passes, all that's going to be gone, and we're going to have a terrible time here in Ohio, unfortunately. 
Yeah, I, I could not agree more. And you know, what's, what's just as important, of course, you mentioned some of the candidates are running, uh, at the federal election level, but also these state races because, you know, the Democrats, the vast majority of them anyway, running, including, uh, you know, Cordray for governor and others are pro issue one. And these are the people that if we give them any kind of power whatsoever, and I know this is a, uh, this is obviously a, a referendum uh, for the constitutional amendment decided by the people, but these, you know, let's suppose the people do the right thing here and vote down this terrible issue one. I'm not convinced that there won't be an attempt to uh, revive this in a legislative form somehow by uh, by a Democrat-controlled uh, state assembly and the, and the governor's office if they are successful in getting that. Well, issue one is a terrible proposal as it is. The discussion on criminal or uh, sentencing reform, we can have an adult conversation on that. And I think that conservatives and uh Democrats need to come together to the table with law enforcement, the judges, and those working with addicts every day uh, to to work out a a way forward. But this is not it. Uh, Issue one is absolutely not it. It will destroy any good intention there was for common sense criminal reform legislation uh, will be thrown out the window if issue one is passed. So appreciate you taking the time, Bob. And I know you're going to be hitting it hard in the next three weeks on your program, but urging everyone to vote no on issue one. Yeah, but, I'm going to urge people to vote. Here. I'm sorry, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, yes, well, I am going to urge people to vote no on issue one, and I'm also going to urge them to vote no on Democrat candidates who might support issue one, because that really tells me a lot about their judgment. And I want, you know, I don't care if it's at state level, local levels, or obviously for uh, for Congress in the United States Senate, I don't want anybody who supports issue one being in, in power in any way, shape, or form, because it is so dangerous. Everything that you laid out was 100% accurate, provable by the facts, sourced, and, and uh, you know, and, 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 and common sensible for everybody, quite frankly, and anybody who supports issue one, I don't want them in our uh, in, in positions of uh, of elected office. So I'm gonna I'm gonna urge no on issue one and no on virtually every Democrat that supports it. We're starting to turn some folks, and and I want to share with you. We had a major announcement on Monday. Uh, the press really didn't give it uh, the attention they should have. There was a pastor earlier this month that was doing a voiceover. He's involved in the opiate addiction recovery programs around Ohio. His name's Greg Delaney. He's from the Dayton area. Uh, he's worked with Health and Human Services. He was actually invited to the White House with an opiate addiction task force earlier this spring. Uh, a, a national Christian group that has gone off the rails. Let's just say that. I won't even give them the time of day. But they recruited him to do a voiceover on voting yes on issue one. Uh, I talked to a, a mutual friend pastor who said, no way. He's not doing that. I said, he is. He reached out to him, and we flipped him. Uh, he felt terrible about it, and he did a press conference on Monday, that's Pastor Greg Delaney, and he is now a no on issue one. And some of the listeners are saying, hey, I heard an ad of a pastor saying vote yes. Well, I'm telling you now, that guy's saying vote no, which is, wow. glory to God, we were able to get him common sense. And they didn't really give it the attention. You know, the liberals in the media, they want this thing, so they're not going to give us the love in the media. But it was a big story uh, that he flipped and that, uh, from last week to this week, and on Monday he made a big statement in fact, here it is. He says, I am here today to urge you to do as I have done and vote no on issue one. I previously provided public support in favor of issue one. I had confidence that issue one would generate much needed funding so Ohioans could get access to treatment for drug and alcohol addiction. I wholeheartedly agree with the premise that Ohioans uh, need treatment, should get that treatment. Yet after my support on issue one, I be- uh, became public. Many longtime colleagues, members of the faith community, Friends from the mental health and recovery community began calling me 
writing me, asking me to take a closer look at the measure, and I did. And after that, he said, I have decided to vote no on issue one. So we are starting to turn some people around here. Hopefully, between now and November 6th, we can get enough of them in Ohio to do the right thing and vote no on issue one. That is a huge story, and it's a it's a great story. And you're right, Nat. That's why it's a story that's been ignored by the media, because as you say, most of them uh, uh, have the same mindset as those who wish to support issue one. So, uh, reminder, people, one one more time tomorrow night at the Sheridan Suites uh, on Front Street in Cuyahoga Falls, six p.m. There's a meet and greet at seven p.m. The pro- program begins. Uh, it is a candidates forum and a rally against issue one. So very important. Hosted by Pastor Chris Long and the Ohio Christian Alliance. A lot of great candidates going to be there and a lot of great arguments for you to take to your friends and neighbors and family members as to why they should also vote against issue one so uh anything else to add to that uh chris long yeah it's free and open to the public in fact we'll have signs vote no on issue one in literature as well so uh come on down we'd love to have you outstanding chris thank you so much keep up the great work you do with the ohio christian alliance and have a great event tomorrow night thank you bob god bless Thank you, Pastor Long. Pastor Chris Long, Long Ohio Christian Alliance, joining us. A big event tomorrow. I will repeat the details about that uh, throughout the morning so that you know about it. Uh, but right now it's 951. We've got to check our traffic. We'll come back, talk to you on AM 1420, The Answer. The Bob France Authority continuing. Coming up in about, we'll call it 15, at about 10.10, we're going to talk to Ryan Morrow, National Security Analyst at the Clarion Project, online at clarionproject.org. We're going to talk to him about, obviously, as I mentioned before, Pastor Brunson being released from Turkey after uh, uh, two years, too long. I can't even imagine the conditions that he was... uh, that he was enduring in a Turkish prison. I did see an interview with him on Fox News. Uh, It was this this morning, in fact, and... um, uh, Pastor Brunson uh, talked about being st- stuck in a cell that was designed for eight with about 22 people. And when asked if he was able to convert any of them, if he was still preaching the word of Jesus in the in the cell, he said, uh, no, no, they were all very hardline Muslims who were busy trying to convert him. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it got physical. I don't know what he endured, but my goodness gracious, I cannot imagine. God bless, um, uh, you know, let me, God bless Pastor Brunson, but also God bless President Trump, Mike Pompeo, and the entire administration that has worked tireless, tirelessly to get him released. So we're going to talk to uh, Ryan about that. Also talk to him, of course, about the murder of the Turkish uh, uh, reporter for the Washington Post by Saudi, uh, Saudi Arabia. An absolutely horrific story. Uh, his name, of course, is Jamal Khashoggi. He is believed to have been tortured to death and then dismembered by Saudi Arabia, leading a lot of people to ask, what are we going to do in response to this? This cannot be allowed to stand, right? I mean, that's, that's, that goes without saying. The Turkish foreign minister saying he and Mike Pompeo held beneficial and fruitful talks. Pompeo has also met with the Turkish president. This, as a newspaper in Turkey, publishes what it says are details from an audio recording allegedly capturing Jamal Khashoggi being tortured, killed and dismembered inside the consulate. Saudi Arabia has described allegations along those lines as baseless. Turkey says it hopes police will visit the residents of the top Saudi diplomat in Istanbul today.
In London, Simon Owen, Fox News. All right, so that uh, that report is very disturbing. It confirms a lot of what we already know. And a lot of people are concerned about the president's response because the president's response has been somewhat similar to the response to the allegations, um, baseless, wild, ridiculous allegations made against uh, then-judge, now-justice, Brett Kavanaugh. In other words, the president is saying, wait and see. Let's wait and get some facts here. Let's do, do a little due process. Let's give a little bit of the you know, innocence until proven guilty uh, treatment to this story. The difference, of course, is the Saudi government is not American citizens, so they, don't, they aren't entitled to our system of due process in that regard. However, it is prudent to find out the facts before we go and do something that is going to potentially cause a seismic shift in our relationship with Saudi Arabia, and thus our relationship with the Middle East. Um, the Saudi government has been a human rights oppressive uh, regime forever. Uh, it is it is reprehensible, it's despicable, it's no better than North Korea, it's no better than Iran, and yet we can sit, continue to have an allied relationship with them, unlike a lot of these other human rights oppressive regimes, especially these Muslim theocracies. But it has been enough of a beneficial relationship that we have looked past their human rights atrocities. We have looked past Wahhabism. We have looked past their treatment of gays, murdering and executing and and and, and jailing and imprisoning and putting people in dungeons just for allegations, uh, hands being cut off uh, for stealing. I mean, all kinds of 7th century barbarism practiced in Saudi Arabia. We've looked past it all because it's been a beneficial relationship for us with respect to oil, energy, and more. Uh, but at some point, if if we're going to allow that government to do what it has been alleged uh, that they have they have alleged to have been to have done to Jamal Khashoggi, uh, we're going to have a problem. This was somebody working for the Washington Post, for goodness sakes. This is somebody that America was supposed to protect, and obviously it's not as though he had a protective guard around him. But you understand when he is abducted the way he was, and then taken in, by, you know, by a Saudi hit squad and tortured to death and dismembered, for goodness sakes. We cannot just go on with business as usual with Saudi Arabia. And I know the president understands that, and I know the president is going to uh, react appropriately to that. At least I expect him to, once all of the facts have been ascertained. So we're going to talk to Ryan Moore about that as well. So we've got that coming up also in the next hour. Another caravan of Hondurans marching to the United States, marching through Guatemala, then going to go through Mexico, then they're going to come to the United States, and the President of the United States has issued a warning to the Honduran government. We'll tell you about that coming up as well when we get into hour number two of the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.